Hello, and welcome to Overleaf Podcast with Stuart Williams. In this episode, you'll meet Ghislaine Pascal. Ghislaine is the editor of Boys, 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 a magazine and book series showcasing queer and gay fine art photography. We'll discuss the Little Black Gallery programme and the Boys, Boys, Boys Volume 5. We'll also dive into the brand new release of his latest book, published by Kara Verlag earlier in 2023. This was recorded pre-release, and the magazine is currently on volume 6. I hope you enjoy it. I'm currently looking for sponsors for the show. If you're interested, please reach out to On The Overleaf on Twitter, Facebook or Instagram. Some Overleaf news? We now have a brand new submission area on the website. So if you make, sell or run a magazine, get in touch. You could do so by visiting ontheoverleaf.com forward slash submit. So without further ado... Let's get into the episode. Welcome to the podcast, Ghislaine. Thank you very much for having me. No worries at all. No, thank you. I've been meaning to reach out to you for, for a long time since, since you started issue one, really. Um, and that's kind of when you, you came on my radar via mag culture at the time. No, no, it's, it's, it's always good to hear how people connect with uh, with. The, the magazine and the project because you never really know where your where your readers and uh, followers are coming from because it's such a big bad world that's the thing isn't it that's the thing it's it, it could be reached anywhere now i guess as 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 everything's been growing at such a crazy rate for you i guess it'd be good to know a bit about um you and your background really to begin with well I suppose I should start more recently. So the, the, the latter part of my career has been in the photography world. So since 2008, I've been one of the um, founders of the Little Black Gallery. So the Little Black Gallery is a contemporary photography gallery. And we were in London for 10 years. We had a space in Chelsea and yeah. that was amazing. And after... 10 years of having the gallery, I decided that I didn't want to be sitting in the gallery for the rest of my life. Um, I wasn't born to be in retail, I think is the word. <laughs> and I, I decided to, to, to move to France. So it just kind of happened yeah. naturally. And then obviously COVID happened. So I was quite happy about that. And then prior to the, the actual gallery, I'll, I'll jump back to the early part of my so my, my background is actually PR. So for 15, 15 years, um, maybe more, I was a PR specializing in celebrity. I had my own company, I had two, two companies, yeah. one specializing in celebrity. And it was through that work um, with celebrities that actually I got into photography. So through that work, I was working with a lot of amazing photographers, shooting my clients for magazines. Um, and this was in the 90s. So it really was the, mm. the time of magazines. It was like everywhere. And one of the photographers I met in the 90s was a, a photographer called Bob Carlos Clark, who was a very, very famous British photographer known as the Helmut Newton of Britain. And through just working with him and my clients, we became very good friends. And then I became his agent. Right. Um, and then that was at the kind of late 90s. And then tragically in 2006, he killed himself. 
and we opened the gallery, the little back gallery was opened specifically in his memory. So that's how the gallery started. Yes. And I'll jump back now to the present and out of the gallery world, Boys, Boys, Boys was born. Yes. Boys, Boys was born very organically. So uh, the little back gallery, ironically, we're known predominantly for selling photography of sexy girls. <laughs> so we've traveled quite a long way. Um, yeah. But through my own personal tastes, um, I was always looking at queer and gay photography. Yes. And buying it for my own collection. And then through that, we started working with and representing a Canadian photographer called Tyler Udall. Yeah. And, you know, I love Tyler, but it was really hard work selling his work in the Little Black Gallery because our clients would come come into the gallery to buy, you know, Kate Moss and then they'd see a boy and they'd like, hmm, it's very nice, but I'm not sure I'm going to put that in my living room. So it never really worked. Um, yeah. But we called we called one of Tyler's exhibitions, Boys, Boys, Boys. And that's where Boys, Boys, Boys first came from. And then a little bit later on, we were, um, I had a friend that was the head of photography at Paddle 8, which was a very um, well-known online auction house specializing in contemporary art and photography. Yeah. And I used to buy bits and bobs of photographs online with them. And then I said to my friend one day, I said, you're really mad. You really should do a queer and gay photography specific sale because it seems in my experience that even the modern gay man still feels slightly uncomfortable going into a gallery. I don't know why, it's beyond me, but right. it, it seems to be the reality. So actually people, you know, gay people are much more comfortable buying art online. Anyway, she didn't do anything about it. And I badgered her and badgered her. And in the end, she just turned around and said, listen, stop fucking annoying me. You do it. You do it for me online. So we launched Boys, Boys, Boys on Paddle 8. And that's yeah. actually how the proper program started. And we, I think we ended up doing five sales with them online. And Paddle 8 at that time was very big. It's an American-based company. But sadly, um, they went bust. And they went bust in... 20 God, I get so confused with the years. Did they get bust in 2019 or they get bust in 2020? I think they went bust in 2019. So it's a year before COVID now. And because they went down, I kind of took over. I thought, okay, well, they've gone, but there's something mm. in this. So we then started doing it completely ourselves. So we took back the project. And Boys Boys now is 100% owned by the Little Black Gallery. And then we set yeah. up the, the platform. So the platform was running. Yeah, it must have been 2019. So the platform must have been running from 2019 after Paddle 8 went down. And then um, COVID started in what, 2020, wasn't it? Yeah, January. Yeah. Yeah. So January, February 2020. Um and I, during the COVID, one of the lockdowns, it must have been the first one, I can't remember, I um, buggered off to the Canary Islands to hide for five months during COVID. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it was on one of those um, Zoom calls with a photographer who was asking to 
participate in Boys, 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 yeah. that I had the concept for the magazine. Because I, I looked at his work and I thought, well, actually, your work lends itself much better to a feature in a magazine than um, specifically artworks. And that's that's where the magazine was born. And little did I know that it would just explode. <laughs> um, we must mention that you also had um, books as well to begin with, with Boys, Boys, Boys and Girls, Girls, Girls. Yes, you're right. So, yeah, thank you for reminding me. So, yeah, so during that period, I so get so bad with dates. I'm so fuzzy. Yeah, you're right. We had we had done the first Boys, Boys, Boys book, which we self-published, and that sold out straight away. The second book didn't yeah. happen till 2020. Um, and, again, that sold out. And the third one wow. um, coming out this April. I mean, that's exciting. <laughs> it is exciting. It is exciting. I mean, the, the books, I mean, there seems to be far more of a demand for the books and the magazines than there are the artwork, which oh. seems to be um, ironic because the magazines and the books are really just supposed to be marketing tools to promote the art. But <laughs> I, always, I always knew it was going to be hard. Um, the, reason, the reason nobody else is doing this is because it's hard. Yes, I think you mentioned that in the in the opening note of the latest issue five, I think it was. Yeah. You're saying how hard it was and you know that it has been a challenge, but I think you're getting there with it. And and I think it sounds like you're more than getting there. Well, I'm getting there in the sense that there's traction. I mean, um it's working in the sense that, you know, the books yeah. and the magazines all sell out and, you know, we're distributed in, I don't know, something like 150 stockists around the world now. And I'm just about to go on a world tour to launch a magazine in Sydney, London, New York. So in that sense, it's working. <laughs> in, in, in the sense that it's not working, uh, Stuart, is yeah. it's not making me money. <laughs> I understand. So it, it's oh. a question of, you know, I get hassled quite a lot by photographers and then I have to remind them that actually the only reason this project exists is because the Little Black Gallery is supporting it um, yeah. and supports it very very deeply um, and I have to sometimes convince my business partners that this is a project that they need to keep funding. Well you know in, in turn you also support a lot of LGBTQ plus community charities and I think that's, yeah. I think it's one dollar from every magazine that goes to them. And I, I that's wonderful. We're donating, we actually donated all the royalties from the last two books to um, LGBTQ plus charities um, and those fighting the HIV AIDS epidemic. And the next book will be, a, again, a dollar per book and the candles, five dollars per candle. Um, and I just feel very strongly that it's really important that we as a community should give something back. And I feel sometimes that our community is very bad at looking at what is happening in the rest of the world. Um, so yeah, so so we like to do our bit. Well, I think that, you know, like you said, it this, this kind of can't continue without the bottom line. And I think that's such an important message that, and and thank you for your transparency about, you know, you have you have to make money for this to work. And I think the, the community that you've you've amassed online has been, you know, ever growing. I think you've you've grown exponentially. And I think 
having the stockists around the world, that coverage, like you're saying, in communities that have been, um, you know, pushed, pushed down and, and, you know, oppressed for such a long time, like you say, you feature, you feature artists from China and Iran, et cetera, in your magazines and your books. And I think there's a lot to be said about that. You know, I feel very passionately about it. So we now represent more than, I think, rough to 60, the last count was 62 photographers from 30 countries. And I am, I am immensely proud that we do represent, you know, queer and gay photographers from, like you say, Iran, China, India, um, you know, so, some, some countries, you know, where, where it's very difficult to be, uh, to be gay, um, and particularly working in, in, you know, taking images of, of, of the community. So I am, I am proud of that. And, I, you know, sometimes I don't think people, people understand how, how diverse the photographers are that we represent. You know, we've obviously, you know, more currently we've had the problem of, some of our photographers are from Russia yeah. and to Ukraine. So, you know, it, you know, you're dealing with their particular crisis. So the, several of our Russian photographers have fled the country and our Ukrainian photographers obviously stuck in Ukraine because he's of an age that he can't leave. So, you know, it is, it is important to support them. And actually we, we've tried to support the, our Ukrainian photographer as well by sending funds to him. Oh, that's very kind. I, I think there's a lot, I wouldn't say you know politics doesn't feed its way in, but it really does, doesn't it? And I think the fact that you know these individual stories of the actual artists you you feature is wonderful too. You have the backgrounds, you have knowledge of what's going on with them personally, and I think that that's something to be said as well. That it's not only you know a, a one thing, a one kind of one to one. Right, we're going to put your images in here. You've got that continued relationship. Well, that's that's what I like to call. I, I like to I like to call ourselves a family. Um, I like you know we're I'm very democratic. So um, the only way you get into the boys 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 magazine or books is you have to be part of the boys boys boys. And then if you're in boys boys boys, you can go in the magazine, the books, the exhibitions. And like for example, we're doing an exhibition to launch the new issue of the magazine in Australia. And every single one of our photographers will have an image in the exhibition. So I feel it's important everybody gets the opportunity to be exhibited. Sometimes that's not always possible, but where we can, I want it to be democratic. I don't want one photographer being, you know, given special treatment over the other. Yes, yeah. No, that's completely fair enough. As you know, you, you know more than anyone as a gallerist, how important that is. Yeah, I literally just just before we came online, I just had an email from one of the photographers in America, and he's like, "Oh my God, I'm so excited! You know, can you make sure that you send me a picture of of my artwork in Sydney because I've never been exhibited outside the US?" So yeah. you know, it's just the little things that really matter. Um, but it does take a lot of work because fundamentally, I'm doing this all on my own. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I thought you had the uh, the co-founder. Well, yeah, yeah, I have a, I have a business partner and I have an assistant and I, I couldn't live without them in the sense that they they help. Like, you know, my poor assistant, we've we've renamed her Miss Amazon because all she does is send out magazine and books all day long. <laughs> um, and the other thing that, that, that actually I couldn't do without is is our designer. We have the most 
amazing designer for, for everything that we do, the magazine and the books and the candle. Yeah. He's called Jeremy Kunz. He's just phenomenal. Um, and when we first, he, he, I'd worked with him previously. He designed some books for some of my other artists in the Little Black Gallery. And when the magazine idea came up, because, you know, I'm, I'm one of these people um, that has an idea and I just do it. I don't know. Sometimes I look back, I think, <laughs> I'm not sure how that happened. But I rang him and I said, listen, do you want to design a magazine for me? He goes, yeah, I'll do it. And, um, and then, of course, I'm thinking, well, how am I going to sell this magazine? I'm like, okay, we'll, we'll sell a few online. Mm. And then I'm thinking, okay, well, maybe we should find a distributor. And he goes, well, actually, I know somebody I've worked with before. And he gave me the, the name of a distributor. They're called R and Ollie. And, you know, it's, it sounds easy, but actually it's incredibly hard to get distributors for your magazines, for independent magazines. Yes. But R and Ollie said yes straight away. I'm like, oh, that was easy. <laughs> <laughs> so I think there's a lot of luck involved. And... It was during the lockdown, and I think during the lockdown there was a real desire for people to buy print. Um, between, you know, we, we kind of sell half of our stock goes online via our website, Boys, 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 and the other half goes through the distributor. But where the distributor is really good is mm -hmm. they, they find it. I mean, obviously they're distributing lots of magazines, whether it's Days and Confused or whatever. I mean, they distribute lots of magazines, so they get us into places we we would never even think of. But to be honest. Where Boys Boys sells best is actually not in your conventional magazine store. It sells best in concept stores, fashion stores, magazines, um, museum shops, because the, yeah. you know, the price is $30. It's not cheap. Um, and it is the fine art photography magazine. As I say, you know, as I've said many times before to in print and to my photographers and whatever, you know, we're not a dick magazine. So yeah. it's, and there's a lot of magazines there that cater for that market i'm not trying to be that and actually mm. i really pull back when i get a set of photographs from a photographer like i actually had one yesterday um a guy sent me his new book and listen he was a very good photographer but i just do not want to go down that road uh, of of you know pictures of dicks and people having sex i mean i'm not saying that that's not art because you know, art is in the, the eye of the beholder. Of but course. it would just be too easy for critics to then just label the whole project as that. And, you know, one of the things I have to be very careful of is manoeuvring the boys, boys, boys ship everywhere. You know, and, you know, talking a ship, now talking a shit, you know, we get so much hassle for doing what we do just because we're selling queer and gay photography so our website our website handle i'm not going to mention any names stop stopped processing our transactions um you know instagram have banned us like everybody else but it, it, there's just things every day that you just realize the reach of homophobia in the world and you know we're, we're dealing with it on the on the most basic level and then you think about the people that have to deal with it in the kind of physical sense so yes, yeah. it's it's really horrific so yeah i have to be very careful that i can't just put dick after dick after dick because we wouldn't have a platform we would just be removed by every um server yeah it, it is it is like that isn't it and i think a lot of accounts that are similar in nature um have the same issue and i've gone you know private 
And I, I don't think that's kind of accessible way of, you know, accessing art, really. No, and I mean, we're lucky we're, uh, there's, there's only one Barnes and Noble in America where we're distributed across their stores, some of their stores in America. Yeah. They do make wrap it up, which really irritates me. But I feel that the power of being in Barnes and Noble is more important um, than not being in Barnes and Noble because it's a really it's it's real progress for all of us to be in a mainstream retailer in America. This episode is sponsored by me, Stuart Williams, the host of Overleaf Podcast. That means it's not sponsored at all. I just want to tell you about a few things. I thought I'd take a moment to tell you about the Back Issue Club. Finding back issues are hard, especially if you're trying to find that number one of a magazine you've been looking for for years. So I think I found the solution. It's a brand new Facebook group for magazine collectors who would like to buy or sell back issues. As a collector myself, this would be a great opportunity to fill any gaps in the collection and even discover new publications for yourself. Simply visit Overleaf on Facebook to join the group today. If you'd like to be featured on the podcast, please reach out via social media. You can get me on On The Overleaf on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and Overleaf on TikTok. It'll be great to hear from you. Don't forget to also check out our blog. You can find it at ontheoverleaf.com. That's O-N-T-H-E-O-V-E-R-L-E-A-F.com. Just a reminder that Overleaf is fully independent. There's no company, big business or any big publisher behind this. It's just me. If you'd like to donate, please go to the website and follow the donate button. It's ran by Buy Me A Coffee. So for only £3, you can support a fully independent blog and podcast. And it would make such a huge difference. Anyway, let's get back to the episode. Oh, hugely. hugely, Especially Barnes & Noble. And I think there's some notability around the fact that you don't have, you know, because you are a you know, essentially a gallery magazine it is beautifully create, you know, curated and, and designed. There, you haven't plastered a, a dick on the front cover. You haven't plastered anything like that in, in that kind of nature from, you know, back in like the 90s where, you know, the top shelf was always, <laughs> you see the progression there on kind of newsstands where everything's now being covered up and there's that, you know, prejudice, anything to do with porn. Yeah, I mean, I do get concern you still i still see our magazine put on the top shelf with all the you know other gay magazines and when i say gay magazines i don't mean pornographic magazines i just mean gay titles attitude or out or whatever and i never really understand why we're all put on the top shelf it's a bit bit homophobic but um yeah i mean one of the reasons that i specifically it was my idea not to have an image on the cover so i'm very very maybe it's just my marketing pr background i'm very strong on brand identity and by not having an image on the cover i think it's really helped us it's yeah especially as you've got you know these primary colors on every issue i think you started off with red and the latest one is... Well, we're doing the rainbow, we're doing the rainbow, Stuart. Come on, catch up. Oh, flipping heck. Should have realised that. Green and blue. Yeah, yeah, yellow. <laughs> Honestly, I think it's been a long day, to be honest. I even... <laughs> I'll look over the back catalogue earlier. I didn't even click. But I think... I'm looking at myself. We're halfway through the rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> Are you saying there's an end point to this project? 
Well, well, no, there's an end going to the rainbow. We'll have to start, we'll have to think of different colours after we do, I think there's 10 colours in the rainbow, aren't there? Um, but that's, that's a few years away, so I'll probably be dead by then. Flipping it. No, you, you, do, you do say, though, that you need money, and there's a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, apparently. Well, here's the, that's, that's, that's my inspiration, is I, I feel that the more, the more we do the project, I, I feel that at some point it has to work. I mean, we've also intentionally never taken any advertising, and I think that gives it a very clean identity. Although I wouldn't say no to a sponsor. So if anybody's any 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 brands like Gucci are out there who just want to put their name on the back and give me a wedge of cash, I'll happily accept. Yeah, yeah. I think that will more than help as well. And if, if you're open to those kind of opportunities as well. And well, well, as you know, you, you with the gallery, I, I guess there was a lot of interest there potentially. When you had the physical presence, did you have much much kind of interest there, like marketing events, etc.? Yeah, yeah, we well, we done. I think we'd closed the gallery by the time we'd actually launched the full boys, boys, boys. Yeah, we closed the the physical space in twenty eighteen. Yeah, but we've done we've done exhibitions. We did a huge boys, boys, boys exhibition. The largest exhibition we ever did was in London, actually, at um, the Hospital Club, which doesn't exist anymore. It's a private members club owned by Paul Allen and Dave Stewart. Cover Garden um, was that? Yeah, that that's exactly it. We we did a boys, boys, boys exhibition there, which was phenomenal it was enormous i mean i i must have been drunk when i agreed to do it but we had the most amazing party and we we plastered the, the event with wall-to-wall male models so everybody was happy and then since then we've done exhibitions in amsterdam cologne la and then now we'll be in sydney for world pride so how long how long is it going to be on for the exhibition is going to be on for initially two weeks so it opens on the 23rd of february which is smack um in the opening week of world pride brilliant wow i mean as you say earlier um they get you know people that are in boys 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 they the members i, I mean um get access to the exhibitions is it open to the public as well oh yeah the exhibitions open to everybody and actually the, this this the last issue and this current issue, we've been doing more and more events. So we'll have the, as well as the exhibition opening in um, Sydney at Working Dog Gallery, we're also doing a launch event with a store called Journals, which is in Sydney. So we've got two events to World Pride. And then we're actually coming, then we're coming back to London. And then on the 23rd of March, we're doing an event with Mag Culture. Oh, great. So they're doing a, an evening interviewing me. So if people are bored of me by then, um, just, listen, just listen to your podcast instead. Um, and then we are going to New York a week later. And then on the 31st of March, we're doing a, a Q&A again with me and a launch at Risley in New York. So that'll be exciting. You're everywhere. How are you going to be everywhere? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I've I've been I, I've been I've been looking for a, another sponsor to pay for the boys 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 private jet so we can get around even more. I'll tell you what, it would work. So, so, work great. So any shooting out there, we're, we're we're available. Imagine the art you could fit inside the plane as well. Yeah, but <laughs> I guess going back to the the exhibition, and you say you know sixty two artists featured. How was that kind of process in terms of curating it from afar? 
Oh, it's super easy, super easy. I mean, that's my job. What, what, um, what I did is I just chose um, images that are going to be in the new Boys, Boys, Boys book that comes out in April. So I'd already kind of done the curation for that book. And then I just chose one image per artist from the book. Yeah. Well, that's pretty simple. <laughs> that's my job. I'm really good at curating. But yeah, then the book comes out in April in Europe and then it will be in the US in the autumn. So then we'll be rolling out a, a whole program of events for the book. So we'll be at Photo London, Paris Photo, um, Arles F Photo Festival. So yeah, we've got so much going on this year. It's insane. My, um, wow. my M is going to be very good. And, you know, honing in on issue five which is kind of in the middle of all this i guess will be uh, available to purchase at the exhibition i, I hope and yeah, yeah no that, that's the point that the, the exhibition is launching the magazine so sydney will actually be the official launch event the magazine's out now it came out last week um yeah. and it's yeah it's it's creeping its way onto the shelves it always takes well it's it's in in the uk it's already on the shelves because it's much quicker for the distributor to get it in the uk and then it's kind of creeping its way out into europe and the rest of the world um, but online sales are, are, are booming. That's really good to hear. Really good to hear. Uh, I think you know, honing in on the content in that, I think that's re really important to note, um, is, you know, you, you've got everything that kind of works from sort of like organic forms, you know, photographers that maybe, you know, there's a an intro piece, Shadow Falls, you've got kind of a natural-based uh, photo shoot or maybe this kind of like community in the forest which I, I really liked it's kind of this painting with light which you know there's a lot of painters with light in this issue I must say um, and you've got everything from that but you've also got that correlation between you know Francisco Rosa's um, piece on workout and organic shapes and I, I think that goes back to you know the natural world being naked well no I I'm super happy with the issue because I mean the, it's interesting the two people that you've booked out so Hannes van der Demerk the Shadow Falls yes. and Francisco Rossitz with Sport and Leisure so they they were two students from our Boys 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 photography course last year oh. and you know that's the other thing we've kind of it's extended into education now we did we launched this photography course yeah. which I was very very nervous about but we had, I think we had 11 students and Hannes and Francisco were two of the students. And I think you can see, you know, their, 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 their work is extraordinary. And so yeah. it's really, it's really nice to be able to discover new talent and nurture it. And, you know, I can't take any of the credit for the nurturing. So <laughs> the, our course leader, um, who actually owns the gallery in Sydney in Australia that we're doing the launch, is called Paul McDonald. He's also a photographer. He's our course leader and he's also an educator and he is extraordinary. And the course, well, actually the new course is going to start next in March, but the last one, which was our first one, it was over two months, March to May, March to May, three months. Yeah. And I, I listened, I was, I was involved in some of the courses in terms of being a, an expert but um, the rest of the course I hit. So I listened in on Zoom, but with my screen blank and silent. And these guys, these students were just amazing. We had them from all over the world. I mean, it was a time zone nightmare because Paul's in Australia. We had somebody in Argentina, 
you know, somebody in Canada. I mean, everybody was up in the middle of the night, <laughs> but it was amazing. So, yeah, so that issue, I was particularly proud to have them. And then the other thing is I'm particularly proud of in this issue is that we've signed up a Palestinian photographer. So going back to what we were speaking previously, yes, yeah. you know, it's really important to have people from every... Um, Every background, and then also in the this issue is the winner of our boys, boys, boys photography competition, Jacopo Paglioni, and again you know, we do this competition every year, and people kind of like turn their nose up at it. I'm like, yeah, but look at the look at the level of entries that we get, and you know what's remarkable is that we're then able to give them a platform. You know, how yeah. many competitions do you enter, and then suddenly you're in a magazine and you're in a book straight away and an exhibition. That's what every photographer dies for. Visibility, accessibility. So it's really, 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 really good that we're able to do this. And then, then just as a, as a side, in each issue, we have only one interview because I'm not a big fan of words. I like images to do the speaking. But with this interview, the special interview is with Shen Wei, and he's like this incredible Chinese-American fine art photographer. And I've known Shen for a while, and I've been collecting his work for a while, and I just love him. Um, and it's a real inspiration for our other photographers to, to, to hear his story and how successful he's become and how he's done it. I mean, he says about his work that it's, it's all about his kind of life and capturing that moment at the time. And I think that's that's kind of what it's about, isn't it, sometimes where, you know, you have that moment and you have that ability to just capture that. You, you have the light, you have what you're working with and, you know, He's done a great job of just. Well, yeah, you're right. His his Shen's Shen's photography is very personal because he's in every photograph. <laughs> Self portraits so, and stuff. Yeah, it's not not in a narcissistic way, but it, it's. I mean, I just I just think they're beautiful. I mean, I would have all of them in my house, but I just I haven't got space. I've only got one of them in, in the magazine um, that's on my wall behind me, actually. Oh, great! It's one of those things, isn't it, where you go, right? This. This is exactly what I've been looking for for my collection. And I guess, same for me, really. I think magazines such as this and this quality and the production quality has to be noted as well. Um, you know, the typeface, everything from the typeface to the content is just so well curated. Well, that's Jeremy, my designer. He is genius. Just the, the different paper types, the, the everything about it, the layout. And what's funny now is I now I now see people are imitating his layouts. I've seen a few <laughs> books recently that are literally just that his layout from our magazine. <laughs> he's he's inspiring a whole new generation of designers to copy us, which is fine. Imitation's yeah. the the greatest flatter, isn't it? It is. It is. It's it's just one of those things where it's, it's got to be got to be admired, and I think that's definitely a compliment. I, it's got to be. But yeah. I guess, I guess with the new book coming out, um, is that going to be like a extension is, you know, extension as to the art direction of the normal magazine? Or is it going to be a reflection of a pre your previous book in 2020? Yeah, the way the way the books and the magazines differentiate is the the books are literally a couple of images from all our photographers. So say 62 photographers, every photographer probably has one or two images. So it's, it's, I call it like, it's kind of like the books of the best of the boys, boys, boys program, yes. the magazine, a 10 photographers per issue with a story. So they're, they're very different. And will it feature more interviews or are you going to try and keep it quite minimal again? There's, there's no words at all in the book, apart from my boring introduction, <laughs> the editor's left. <laughs> it has to be in there. Actually, I think, 
I said, I think there's an editor's letter. I think it's actually just an introduction. And it's just an introduction to if somebody picks up the book and has never come across the program Boys, Boys, Boys before, just to give them some context of who we are. I think that 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 really helps, doesn't it? Especially reaching a new audience. Yeah, that's why we do the books for the magazines because it's and you know we're with a new publisher for the book, so we'll we'll be distributed in different places to the magazine. Um, I mean, the irony is with the magazine, you know, we're a UK-based company. Yeah, the little bike gallery UK-based company, but sixty-five percent of all our sales of the magazine and anything on Boys, Boys, Boys mm. goes to America. Goes to America. Yep. That's huge. UK is not even number two on our sales list. It's it's like it's it's USA, Germany, UK, France, Australia. Those are our five sales countries. But wow. America by far the biggest, sixty five percent at least, possibly even seventy. I think it's it's that you know Barnes and Noble reach, and then you've got you know exhibit. You've had exhibitions there, and I think. You know, taking you back to New York as well in a couple of months, that's going to be really, really great time. Yeah, but what I mean is these are guys buying it online. I'm like, they have to pay enormous shipping costs. But I think it, it Boys 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 really fills a, a void in the market. That's why that's why I persevere, because I genuinely believe it, that there's not, that, well, I know there's nothing else out there doing what we do. And I think there's a real desire for 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 people to... You know, to have access to good quality fine art photography by queer and gay photographers. Where where is the love for print come from? I think that's also a question I wanted to ask you. Where, where obviously you've you've dealt with um, prints in terms of large scale art, but where's the where's the love for magazines come from? Well, the kind of irony. I mean, this is going to sound like a, a famous rat in a moment. Um, I suppose I do like magazines. I'm not a massive fan of books. It's kind of yeah. ironic. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I much prefer to own the art itself. I, I have a massive collection of art. Um, but I see the, I mean, actually, the magazines, I've always liked magazines, actually, I, ever since I was a teenager. I mean, I remember buying the very, 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 sending my brother out to buy me the first copy of Arena magazine. I've always liked magazines. Yeah. Um, so books. I like to collect books. I never really look inside them. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm actually, I'm, I'm in my library. How pretentious is that? I'm in my library doing this interview and I'm surrounded by photography books that I, to be honest, they just become reference points rather than actually sitting down and look at them. Whereas other people are obsessed by books. People are obsessed by books. And, um, and we're finding that we've, we've just gone into the, um, Japanese and South Korean market and the Japanese are obsessed by print so I'm hoping that's a, that's a new um a new good outlet for for boys 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 and I think they're also ahead of the game in terms of production techniques as well they're really pushing the, the what what print could do really I think there's a magazine called brand which I I collect um and they're doing fantastic things like something that something she'd never seen before interaction I think, I think that's why they probably like the boys 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 magazine because the production value is very high i also think that you know the um south korea particularly is it's still in its infancy in terms of the kind of the gay community it's still quite underground but it's kind of becoming mainstream yeah. 
and it's kind of tied up very much with fashion. So we're 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 launched in a store in 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 Seoul, um, actually next month, and then in Japan, yeah, they just they've already done a launch. They did a launch of our candle in the magazine, and it just they just loved it. <laughs> I mean, I, I did read earlier about uh, your your co-founder and and how she's associated with um, Gucci in the past. And I think that's really interesting. Is that, is that kind of where these kind of fashion collaborations may, may kind of lead on to? Well, I hope so. I keep telling her to find, get some of those brands to come on board, but she hasn't produced any results yet. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's one of the things, isn't it? You, you can branch out into so much from this. You know. Well, we're doing, we're doing a very fancy launch with a book in London in May during Photo London. So hopefully, although because it's going to be fancy, fancy, maybe some of the A gays will turn up and it will draw some more attention to us. That'd be wonderful. That'd be wonderful. I, I guess going back to your your collection, I, I mean, what what would be your favorite piece? What who's your favorite artist? Yeah, that's just like a ridiculous question. It's impossible to answer. I mean, my my collection is it's not. It's not predominantly queer and gay photography. It's very diverse, my collection. Um, and I have, I live in France and I have a gallery at my house. I have a barn that's converted into a gallery. So the oh, pieces great. Are, uh, uh, all hanging in my barn. Um, it, it's always, it's the, my favorite is always the, the one that I've bought most recently. So it's whatever the current thing is. So. In the new issue of the magazine, if you've carried on flicking towards the end, there's another Chinese artist um, called Liu Tao. And I um, I found, I came across him last year in Paris and I've got two of his works in my collection. So currently he's my favorite. And actually in the, the story in the magazine, I, there's there's about four that I would buy in a snap. But I have to, I have to hold back. I can't just, by everything, unfortunately. <laughs> I think that's that's the beauty of this, though, isn't it? Because there are there's so much talent, and like you say, you said earlier, you, you may not have been responsible, like you said, with the education side of things, but you most certainly facilitated a new generation of photographers, and I, I think that's really wonderful. Well, I, I, it's about giving them a platform. I don't want to blow me own trumpet because we're still in our infancy, but I definitely think it's it's. It's certainly given photographers that wouldn't otherwise have a voice given them the platform. Because like I say, there are literally, there are no galleries in the world that are promoting queer and gay photography. There's there's one or two galleries that, you know, might have a queer or gay artist in there on their roster, but there's nobody doing anything on the scale of what we're doing. Um, and like I say, you know, people have to understand it doesn't make any money. So, you know, my I would urge anybody that has an interest in the arts or has an interest in photography or magazines or books to to support us because I think the next phase is I think I might have to register for charity status at this point because <laughs> otherwise we're not going to have any money. I think that's that's the thing though because now now you're reaching all these new countries and you're, you're traveling the exhibition around. Is there maybe in the future a hope to to bring back a permanent space to to be that to be that gallery again? I just don't have the 
bandwidth to do have a physical space anymore it's such hard work having a gallery any, in, in anymore and actually it's much more um doing pop-ups or one-off exhibitions in countries generates far more attention than just having a permanent space where people just kind of walk by because they walk by every day so they don't come in so i actually think what we're doing is probably better um you know if i won the lottery then yeah i'd put some i'd open a gallery and put somebody in there and i wouldn't have to be there but sadly that's not going to happen because i don't buy a lottery ticket um but no it's it's difficult and you know we we look to collaborate with as many people as possible i mean the the, the harsh fact was covid you know it fucked us like it fucked everybody else we were on a real role um yeah and we literally are playing catch-up so actually you know you the fact that I'm traveling now, it's, it, I would have done this two years ago, but I just couldn't do it. We were on a real roll. We had exhibitions planned in three or four countries and they all got canceled. Right. And the problem is, is, you know, it takes a while to get that back on track. And, you know, I felt so, so passionately for my artists because they're the ones that were really suffering because they had no outlet. You know what I mean? They couldn't do anything. They couldn't yeah. leave their house, but they couldn't do any work and they certainly couldn't sell any work. So it was really hard times. Yeah, yeah, because you're, you're essentially that that middle ground, aren't you, between them? And I think without that platform, I think that, you know, they'll suffer. I think the community will suffer. Um, and that's, <laughs> that's no good. That's no good. I think in, in the future, what would you like to see? What would you like to see happen? Well, I suppose that my main my main um, thing that I'd like to see is that it is to, to say to people that it's you know it's perfectly acceptable to own a bit of art that's you know by a queer or gay photographer of a of, of a you know whether I mean they're not all naked boys but you know what I mean it's like yeah. I, there seems to be a kind of hesitation to buy it. Um, I, like I said I always knew it would be hard, but I didn't realize it'd be quite this hard. I mean, we have some very good clients that buy regularly, but you'd expect by now, with the volume of magazines and books and candles and God knows what else we sell, that people would buy the art, but they just don't seem to be um, engaging in quite the way that I thought they would. So that that challenge there is basically how do you break down that barrier? Yeah, how do you break down that barrier? And, you know, it's every every photographer wants to be exhibited. The problem with the exhibitions is doing a proper exhibition in a gallery costs. I mean, you, you cannot believe the costs. I mean, we're literally talking to do an exhibition properly with lots of artists and framing. You're talking 10, 20 grand. Oh, and you're, you're charging so nothing for entry free, I'm guessing. Yeah, and you're not, and you're not gonna get that back. Do you know what I mean? That's, yeah, that's, yeah. that's the point that, you know, it's for me, everything's an investment, so it's it's you know it will happen on its own. Street. I I know it will. It's it's going in the right direction. Every day it gets bigger and bigger, and um and one and one day you know we'll hit hit our stride, and something really positive will come along, and somebody will go, you know, we want to do a show of boys, boys, boys in the you know Serpentine Gallery or the Tate Modern or whatever, and it will just happen. But we just haven't got there yet. I think it's only a matter of time, like you say, and that community is building and hopefully your client list will build and, and things will start, you know, it, it is only, like you say, early days after COVID. And I think 
the, the world's still coming <laughs> coming together again. And I think these pride events are just going to bring so much light to the place, which, especially in Australia, which has had such a harsh lockdown um, over the past three years, I, I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to bring such positivity. Um, so I, I hope you have the best time over there. Uh, it's my first time to Australia, so I'm looking forward to it. Oh yeah, I've heard nothing but positive things from there. That's the that's the thing is on my list as well. I think you know nature and well, just the art scene there is incredible. Yeah, creative scene, design. I'm a designer, so I'm, of course I'm interested in that. I'm an artist, so I, of course I'm interested in that. But I think hopefully, hopefully, kind of listeners will understand that there's so much to be explored here. It's 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 not just you know top level. It's it's queer photography. It's art. It's it's everything really that you can imagine in you know the creative scene. It's creative people doing creative things with you know models that are from all ages. I must note as well. It's 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 not you know only young people. I noticed there's there's older people in that first piece, and I think that diversity aspect is is so crucial as well. Well, thank you. No, it's nice to. It's nice to get positive feedback. That's what encourages me to keep on going. No, 100%. 100%. I've, I've, I can't wait to see the book as well, and hopefully in person. I know Finland is obviously big on the on the pride side of things, and I know there's a lot of events down in Helsinki when that when that happens. Hopefully... Yeah, funny, uh, funny enough, we don't seem to have any sales from Finland. <laughs> oh, we don't have, be saying that. We have a lot from Sweden and Norway, <laughs> but not from Finland. What's wrong with the Finns? I noticed we had an exhibition in Sweden, but not. I, haven't, I didn't see Helsinki on the list. Yeah, I'm going to have to do some shouting about down there, I think. That's what's going to happen. There's lot, lots of concept stores, you know. There was um, Do You Read Me from Berlin. They joined in on a, a concept store last year. And, you know, that's where I found a lot of new titles from. But I think there's a lot of possibilities. I, I just, you know, it's hard to judge, isn't there, when there's no data? Well, yeah, I know for a fact we didn't have any Finnish clients, so that's that's interesting. But um, you know, I need to, one has to focus. I have to get onto my distributors, and also like whenever I go anywhere in the world, I just pack some magazines in my bag. So I'm off to Vietnam um, this weekend. That's for a holiday, but I'm I'm packing a few copies of the Boys 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 magazine, and I found a, a kind of a new young trendy photography gallery in Hanoi. So I'm going to go and see them. I mean, the opportunity is there, isn't it? It's just there. You have to go. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm passionate about it. So I, I'm like, a, I can't stop myself from like connecting. So I've sent them an email already. So I'm coming. <laughs> I think that's it, though, isn't it? I think the ability to travel after COVID is is kind of opening up a lot of doors for you. It sounds. Well, I always travel. That's what that's what that's what I like to do. I like to see new things. Um, but um, yeah, it'd be nice to getting back to, to New York is going to be fun because we did a show in L.A. in during COVID and I couldn't go, which was a real bummer. Um, right. But I did go to L.A. at the end of last year, but that was for a different artist, nothing to do with boys, boys, boys. Yeah. Yeah. You, you tend to go and, um, you know, travel and try and see the artists you want to see exhibited. Well, America is if you're if you're involved in the photography or if you're involved with the art world, there is only one country that you need to be in, and that's America. So it's really important because that's where all the money is, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. 
did you kind of expect all this when you first started out? Did you think that obviously these discoveries that you've made over time and you've, you found that the US is the biggest, you know, buyer and everything? No clue. No clue. No clue. I mean, and I, it, it's not... I think clueless is the word. <laughs> <laughs> but, but is that injecting a lot of um, curiosity in you still? Is that curiosity still there? Well, no, I just like to do things that succeed. But I, I, I um, you know, every time a new magazine, you know, one of our magazines or books published, I'm quite kind of excited. And, you know, as soon as I get on a plane and know I'm going to be going to Sydney and New York and whatever, it's kind of exciting. I'm going, we've got a, a boys, boys, boys launch in Berlin in May, and I've never been to Berlin. So it kind of like, I just go anywhere, anywhere I'm going or anywhere I want to go, I just go, what, let's do boys, boys, boys event there. So I look it up and we have enough um stockists that we can always find somebody we did two in paris last year which are lots of fun wow two <laughs> talk yeah, about two. stress <laughs> <laughs> they're always fun they're always fun doing these events oh my gosh oh that's great i must check out what's what's, what's been happening i think you made me think now definitely finland i'm like i'm it's going to be on my radar i'm going to have to find finn i mean i'm probably going to sweden soon so maybe i'll just pop over the border to finland Oh, you got to, you got to, yeah. It's it's really interesting how that the countries differentiate and just just how different the cultures are. I think that's also wonderful, and also because you can see the cultures kind of maybe bleed into what the actual creative work looks like as well. Has there been like a an unexpected piece from a place very far abroad that you've never thought about before come in? Well, I think, like I said, I think the 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 most interesting thing that's happened recently is South Korea in in Japan, um, because it, we weren't. I wasn't expecting that. I always knew Japan was a very. I mean, Japan's always been amazing for photography books. They don't buy prints, but they buy books. They they're obsessed by print. Um, so the fact that we're now in those territories is 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 good. Other than that, I mean, I was. I, I have to say, I've, I've been surprised how about Australia, like before the fact that we do so many sales to Australia. Um, yeah. we, don't, we don't have so many stockists in Australia. We just do direct sales. And I think it's because um, I think the culture in Australia, is, it's, all, it's quite in a new emerging market photography. So we also, I also work with um, several galleries not related to boys, 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 but to the Little Black Gallery. And we do a lot of sales in Australia. I think it's it's photography has become like the kind of trendy thing. Um, previously, in the 90s, you couldn't sell photography in Australia at all. But I think in the last year or so, it's really taken off. So, yeah, so it's interesting. It's interesting. It is, it is, especially as you analyse and, and kind of un- try to understand what's happening, what, what what's kind of causing these changes and shifts. But I think one of my last questions is, what makes the collector's edition a collector's edition? <laughs> we call them a collector's edition because we want people to collect them, not throw them away. Um, and it's funny now because the amount of emails I get from people going, oh, I haven't got volume one. Are you going <laughs> to reprint it? I'm like, nope. <laughs> um, and then... And now, and then now, volume two and three are sold out. So it's like, no, volume is volume three sold out. I can't remember. Definitely, volume two sold out as well. Um, And that's the whole point. We want people to treat them like books. 
we don't want them people to see them like magazines where you just throw them out. Um, and I want, you know, I want there to be a frenzy of, you know, people trying to get hold of volume one now and, you know, paying silly money on eBay for somebody that wants to try and sell one. <laughs> it's like, it's like art, isn't it? In a way it, you have to collect it. You have to. Yeah. I want it to have a value and it's the same with the books. I mean, I literally must get an email a week going, have you got any copies of the boys, 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 last boys, boys, boys book? I'm like, nope, it's sold out. And they go, are you going to reprint it? I'm like, nope. Good luck with that. I think I've seen a lot of talk on the internet of people trying to find that. No, no chance. No yeah, chance. No chance. People no aren't chance. Giving, giving them away. And that's why that's why I want to do the new book. I mean, the book, I think the book we do, this will be, yeah, it's kind of every two years, which feels about right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like a accumulation of the past two years had like a a volume yeah it's it's like the i think like i said i call it the best orb even though it's not we don't put that on the cover it just looks like uh it's the same you know typeset as the the magazine but just on a hard book and like i say it's because they get distributed in different places it, it's a different market it's like you know they will go into bookstores whereas the magazine is in kind of like like i say more kind of conventional magazine stores or concept stores or fashion stores or museum shops so the book will be in like bookstores which is a kind of a different thing and who's the publisher um this time it's Kara Verlag so it's a German publishing company yes I've heard of them I've heard of them they're a fine art photography books but they're, they're big before we were with um a Dutch publisher Mendo and a German publisher Tenoise but um unfortunately Tenoise went bankrupt oh it's happening more often than not I think yeah no it's it's the publishing world's tough so yeah so Caravel like I'm super happy with because they're gonna they're gonna not only just do it on um, in all the bookstores but they they get out there and they sell it so they will be at all the like I said Paris Photo, Photo London uh, they will really push it um so that's great now that that sounds super it sounds like you've got one hell of a year ahead of you it's <laughs> only when i say it i feel i'm like oh my god i'm when am i going to be at home <laughs> <laughs> when are you going to be enjoying that nice barn gallery <laughs> i know but i want to be at home that's the problem <laughs> oh yeah it is it is but uh, i hope to Hope to see what you get up to on Instagram and, and kind of follow along and hope people will as well. Um, well, absolutely. Listening. On our events. And if you're in London, come to Mag Culture and we'll, we'll speak soon, I'm sure. Where could people find you? Um, everything we do is on boysboysboys.org. Yep. Yeah. And Instagram, you're on boysboysboys. That, boys. that is the shop. That is the shot window. Everything you can see, every event we do, every magazine book, artwork is on Boys, 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 what we're doing. Or just follow our, our Instagram, which is Boys Fine Art. Brilliant. Brilliant. And I, I guess you're in so many stockets around the world. I'm pretty sure that people can find you. <laughs> find Boys, Boys, Boys on shelves. Well, yeah, I, mean, I always feel sorry because we, we, I mean, yes, it sounds like grand. We're in lots of stockers, but I mean, we're, we're really, we're in nothing. 150 is nothing, but it's a lot for an independent magazine. Um, but yeah, I mean, as I say to anybody, if you can't find it, just buy it online. Just suck it up and buy it online. We get, we, we get more money that way, which helps support us. <laughs> it goes direct. 
to the well, the, the, it yeah, goes to the, the print bill, Stuart. It goes direct to pay the print bill, <laughs> <laughs> which is also in the UK, which I think was wonderful as well. Yeah, we pump, we print in the UK, which is amazing. Yeah, it's it's super good. Who who are the printers? I don't know is the simple answer because I'm Jeremy does it. But yeah, we print in the UK. We've actually just changed volume five is printed by a new company because the other ones, again, another category, the previous print has gone bust. Yeah, yeah. Oh God. Tell you what. It, I can't keep up with this. I think you're doing an incredible job to to not only elevate voices and you know and <laughs> elevate voices, elevate creativity, elevate photography. You're doing a service to people that may maybe upcoming, maybe existing, uh, known professionals and people far along in their career. I think I can't wait to see what's next. And hope people come along for the journey, really. Come to the exhibitions yeah. and come and join us. Like I say, it's brilliant. Well, thank you. Thank you very much for having us. And we will hopefully revisit you, you soon. No, thank you for joining. Thanks so much to Jess Lane for his time on the podcast. And if you want to check out more, make sure to visit boysboysboys.org or at boysfineart on Instagram. Boys 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 is currently on issue 6 and can be found in over 150 stockists worldwide. In the next episode of Overleaf Podcast, we'll meet Andy Afford. Andy runs a creative agency out of Nottingham in the UK. The agency published Pitch, a magazine based around all things modern sport. Pitch have recently just been nominated for two British Society of Magazine Editors Awards and is currently on issue 6. I can't wait for you to hear it, so make sure to subscribe! Hit that subscribe button or wherever you listen to the podcast and let me know your feedback. You can find me at On The Overleaf. So that's on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram, On The Overleaf. I'd love to hear your thoughts. You can also visit our website at ontheoverleaf.com. That's O-N-T-H-E-O-V-E-R-L-E-A-F.com. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the Overleaf Podcast. See you next time. A big thank you to the creator of the music for the show, Valtteri Keskitalo.